welcome back to Out of the Broom Cupboard. I'm Chris Johnson, and I cannot thank you enough for taking a dive into this here podcast, especially to our fabulous patrons who've supported the show through a very interesting, unusual production year. As a result of the choices we've made, the show is back and going out over five consecutive weeks. This is the second episode. You could have heard this sooner, gentle member of the public, dear bystander. If you're a patron on patreon.com slash OOTBC, you get these episodes a week early or half a week early based on which tier you subscribe to as well as access to the Discord server, a perk in the post, a little treat for you as a thank you for joining the Broomies, as we now call ourselves, and many other perks such as videos and updates and video updates along the way. So maybe consider dropping us a few shekels. It helps keep the show stored on air, and once I'm able to go back out into the world to go and find our guests in the wild and sit down with them and talk to them in a room, that'd be nice. Can you remember when we could do that? Then the saved up money will of course help toward that and an eventual live version of the show, which would tour universities and small comedy clubs in the future time if we end up in the right timeline. Wear a mask, wash your hands. Distance where you can. Don't do anything stupid. Let's all get back together one day. One of the perils of recording the show remotely is, unfortunately, sound quality does shift and judder here and there based on individuals' equipment or the file being sent or what editing can be done. And this week, there is a slight vocal hiccup. It seems that my vocals, despite headphones, have mirrored into my guest's recording somewhat. So there's a little bit of reverb underneath my speaker. However, it does not detract from the wonderful interview or the fantastic stories told by my guests. Just a heads up for those who might think, my headphones are broken. They're not. I'm joined in this episode by the absolutely stunning Aisha Tull. She is a fantastic human being, a brilliant presenter, journalist, and she's currently known for being on Channel 4 News. But a lot of the people listening to this show may remember her time as uh, one of the alumni of Newsround, of course. British institution! Children's BBC iconic show Newsround. When you present Newsround, you are faced with the tough challenge of presenting often difficult or complex stories to a young audience. This is not an easy thing to do. It really is not. It takes a lot of skill. So Aisha this week talks all about translating the world of current affairs to a young audience, as well as the challenges of being a newsmaker and newsreader across different platforms, both for children and for adults, as well as a little bit of chit-chatting on presenting. Funny little side story, we both ended up hosting some BBC Live lessons this year for the BBC Teach service. If you have kids in school right now, they may or may not have been shown some of these films that we've been putting out over the autumn and winter of 2020. We were recording one day apart at one point. I was in on a Wednesday, she was in on a Thursday. We narrowly missed physically seeing each other about two days after we recorded this episode from two different parts of the country. The universe moves in mysterious ways. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Out of the Broom Cupboard with my special guest, Aisha Tull. Recorded the whole time though. The record still still recording the whole time. Okay, which is probably uh, me running around going, "What the? Why is <laughs> it gone?" Uh, we'll tell you what. So, so real quick then. What, what's your cut off time? What's your like have to go? My cut off time is one. One o'clock. Okay, so if we have if we have another issue in like the next ten fifteen, what I'll do uh, is I'll call you instead. So oh, we'll we'll record over audio. Fashioned. 
Yeah, um, but it's gonna it's gonna have to be kind of wig. I'm gonna have to do it like this, like because I'm doing it on here. I'm gonna have to do it like this so that, that like you're not picking hilarious. up too much. Whereas you'll be okay because your laptop is recording. Yeah, sound but I, in like the room I actually and... did pay the bills this month, so I'm really <laughs> shocked. <laughs> so we've we've started, by the way, everybody. Oh, Hi. Um, <laughs> The lovely intro is all professional. At the top, I do a whole professional intro where I'm like, you know, here's my guests today, and here's where you know them from, and here's what we're going to talk about. But what's been happening in the reality of this recording, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, the internet hates us. It's <laughs> not liking life today. I don't know why. I even, I even like did the thing on the phone to have the hotspot, and I was like, will that last for like how long we're going to speak? <laughs> is this going to do the thing? Do I, I, it'll do, do something, something. maybe. Like, I don't do know. I go to the neighbour. I, I, you know, I, I love the fact that we're like, you know, we, we are, for, for the sake of the world around us, staying at home as much as we possibly can. And we're, we're sold TV, smart TVs, games consoles without disc drives, all these wonderful options of don't worry, the internet's got your back. We're just trying to have a simple call. Nothing works. It's not a thing that happens. But I'm glad that it's working at least at the moment because I get to see your lovely face. It's been so bloody long since I've seen you in the flesh. It's been it's been it's been it's been the sort of the average age of a puppet character on children's television. Pretty much, it's been unless unless you fill, in which case like they're going to have to wait until he's died before they can get him out of there. They're going to have to like drag him. We used to have like a we used to have a measurement at Newsround um, based on like you know because it's like oh as big as whales or as tall as something and um, there yeah. used to be a presenter called Nell and we'd go it was like you know twenty Newsround Nells so it's kind of like I don't know how long has it been like fifty Newsround Nells since since I got to see you you measure it in Nells we do that's brilliant it makes sense. There's all these like numbers that fly around everywhere. I still use that measurement to this day. I don't care. It just makes sense to me. Everyone else like what? what? I don't quite. What, what do you mean? Like oh, it's uh, it's about as sort of as, as long as Aliso, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. It's like well, that's just sort of you, you carry the aduba and and you you take you take away a boletto. Which boletto? Which um, I know. And then you sprinkle in a hassle. Oh, it's great. There'll be some people listening now going, I genuinely have no idea what you're both talking about. This is really confusing. So let's let's make it linear for these people. Let's take it back. So when did you decide you wanted to do journalism? Was it something you ever sort of went, that's my goal? Or did it organically erupt amidst other things? Oh, that sounds like fantastic. Erupting of... No, um, <laughs> we're taking it way back. So when I was 15, I decided that I wanted to be a journalist. I went to this, um, it, like, back in the day... Oh, God, I feel so old. Um, <laughs> but in a media studies class, media studies was, was always my favourite. It was always the one that I actually did homework for and I cared about and was, like, you know, engaged with. And my teacher was awesome. And then we went on a trip to the Guardian newsroom and we sat there and we've got like a front page. We It was our job for the whole day to make up this front page. And I was like, I can't believe you actually get to do this and you get paid. This is crazy. I'm having the best time ever. <laughs> and we and my partner, and I was, I was so competitive, me and my partner, we finished like first and we were the ones that got our news out first because we were like, yeah. And um, it, the, <laughs> I still remember the front page, the top story that we chose was um bbc i think it's bbc choice turning into bbc three that's how long ago it was and it was like no, it's, it's all right this is this is not the only podcast that season that mentions that so like we are going to alienate 
the much younger demographic. They can get out. They're we like, know what we're oh, talking about. What? No, you lost me. At, you're not talking about Netflix or selling Sunset. I'm not interested. <laughs> I don't care. Um, Wait, BBC Three was a channel? Yes, 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 it was. Yes, it was. It was on telly and everything. <laughs> and so we did this front page, and I just remembered this feeling of man, this is cool, walking in the building, mm. looking through wires and figuring out stuff and getting to tell people. I love talking, if you couldn't tell. Um, <laughs> and I love getting to tell people new things and things that they might not know about and how things connect to other things. Um, and so from that moment, I was like, I want to do it. But I um, I come from a background of uh, both my parents, very working class family, you know, um, my mum stayed at home, she was a stay at home mum, my dad was the one that worked, but they had no idea about media or how to get into it at all. Um, but I just read up all of these different things. I went into like, you know, they had the school library with the careers section and it had yeah. a little card and it, it was it was completely useless. Um, but it <laughs> kind of said, try and find work experience. So that's what I did. I went to like hospital radio and uh, local newspapers. I banged down the doors. I must have sent like out about a hundred letters to people. Most of them didn't reply or didn't bother to respond. But the few that did, I was able to kind of get my foot in the door there. And then eventually I got onto a course at City. And then from that, I got into the BBC production trainee scheme, which um, was awesome. Yeah, a lot of people go for that, though. So that's like a very, that is a very big pond full of lots of fish. It was. And I like, love to say that I think it was out of, I, I, you know what, the numbers out that I've probably put out there over the years are probably wrong. <laughs> but I think it was something in the region of like 12,000 people applied or something like that. And 12 people got it. Whoa. Yeah, because lots of people apply for these schemes. So you have to just be really competitive, which I am. <laughs> and um, then when I finally got it, I was like, this is amazing. And a lot of the people still who were on the same group are doing amazingly well. One, I think, is going to be director general in the next couple of years. And I thought that like when I met him. So let alone like what is actually going to happen. Um, so you could already tell you're like, wait a minute. Wait, there's something about how the way how you're approaching this. Yeah, there's something, there's something bossing, going on. You're bossing me around and you're not even my boss yet. So, yeah, I see you. I see. You're playing a long game. Yeah. I'm aware. How how did that feel though? Like to get picked out at that at that point? Because even even if the numbers were like, like, do you know what? Like if if the, the figures aren't like, exact, there were two actually two people for the job, if, and you know, if the figures aren't exact, let's keep inflating them. So out of the four thousand million people that applied for it uh, to be in that, no, but I'm not trying to take away from how good it is though, because like to be in that twelve, like. How did that feel when you found that out? I remember because I live really close to BBC White City. And so mm. as a child, I'd walk past every day and be like, I love that building. I wonder what people do mm. in that building. I'd love to work there. It looks Shop so at Tesco cool. mostly, if yeah. I remember rightly. <laughs> yeah, now it's like, well, <laughs> go, go, to, go out to Westfield and have a... But that, that building back in the day, I tell you, it was mad. <laughs> it, it looked magical to me. And so in that moment when I found out, I was so uh, just, you know, I think I just cried and was just so happy and so overwhelmed with everything. And um, and it's a similar feeling that I had when I actually got my job for Newsround, but slightly different when I got my job for Newsround. I think part of it's probably down to the fact that they're both like big British institutions. They're, they're, they're part of the 
you know, colloquial like culture. They're they're in the ether. We all know about Television Centre. We all mm. know about Wood Lane. We all, and especially news around it permeates every house yeah. at some point. Everyone, everyone does, and especially like back in the day when you're all watching telly. Like our our household was a BBC household. I know it's it's very different up north because when I've been up north and I've spoken to people, they're like, oh, maybe maybe not, maybe not necessarily. But our household was definitely. Listen to Radio Four in the morning, watch breakfast, and and that sort of thing. Like that's kind of how um, things evolved, and um, still do. To be honest, they love it. I I get beaten up every time I mention this, especially on this podcast. But I was a CITV kid, so oh, no. I, yeah. No. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I was a BBC kid. They had more acquisitions, all right? Oh, no. <laughs> I liked my American cartoons. But then again, I did, I did like my Nickelodeon and my Keenan and Kel and my sister, sister and Moesha, which, you know, oh. Again, the, the stuff that the stuff that Nick in particular was producing, like in the nineties, was brilliant. And some of it did come over to the BBC. Of course, Keenan and Kel was on BBC as well. They acquired it, didn't they? Yeah, because I think it was part of the line and, uh, live and kicking lineup at one point. Oh my gosh, I don't remember. I think I was still just watching it on Nickelodeon because I could get more and more and more of it. Just absorb it all the time. All, yeah, wanted to see all the episodes. <laughs> I had the massive. I had the biggest crush on Kel. I was just like, I was like Kyra. So the character Cairo, which is Keenan's sister, being like, oh, completely smitten. So whenever Kel came on the screen, I'd be like, oh, mum, can he be my future boyfriend? No, he's way too old. What are you talking about? You've got to stop watching it. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're like buying all the orange soda. Yeah. Like you can just, to, <laughs> um, just in I, case I, he ever visits. I hated, I hated orange soda or Fanta. So, you know, um, he could have that. And yeah, he'd drink it all. It's okay. Exactly. It's okay. It's like marriage made in heaven. It's fine. As long as he doesn't drop the screw in the tuna, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, so, God, I love that show. So, if you're watching the BBC, of course, like, Newsround is a part of, of your daily digest at that point. Yeah. Um, what, are your, uh, what are your sort of, like, earlier memories of, of Newsround? Lizo. As, as a viewer. Lizo. <laughs> is yeah. one of my early <laughs> memories um, and watching. And also, Ellie Cressel... And we always talk about like my news round presenter. So it's like who you watched when you were younger. Um, and so Ellie Quassell was actually one of mine. And um, I just remember just thinking how amazing she was and how interesting it was. And I was one of those geeky kids that would get home and want to watch the news and want to figure out what was going on. And my mum was just kind of happy to just not have to deal with me for a little bit. So, she you know, um, but also it was just, it was just a ritual. It's like, it was like news round and then before neighbors and then that was like the only soap that I was kind of allowed to watch and it just was a thing that I would always gravitate to um but I do have to admit that I would watch news round but I wouldn't watch blue peter because that wasn't my thing which oh, got controversial controversial a massive issue. I actually have three blue peter badges um because I've been on the show three times but I never like I've, I've never felt brave enough to admit that I don't like show <laughs> that's fine no no you were you were there for the factual stuff not for the factual entertainment stuff like you know you had a clear direction that's fine that's fine you didn't want to learn how to like climb the outside of big Ben or anything you wanted to know what was going on that day exactly so you know it's okay it's okay you will have to hand in your badges now but that's fine no exactly i will i'll i'll post them straight over p.o box if i'm really sorry It'll be fine. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. Um, so even even back when you were younger and you were you were um, 
getting into you know the getting bitten by the journalism bug and and doing like that taste today the guardian and be like oh my goodness was news around something that crossed your mind as that now that's something i'd like to try i never even dreamed that i would even get anywhere near that i really didn't i thought um i had like this i've still got like pieces of paper of like my little plan of my career and it was the peak of it was weirdly bbc's environment correspondent which i don't think they have anymore <laughs> um, but that was like the peak of what i thought i could do i didn't mm. i i didn't i was like i think i will produce for a little while and like research for a little while but i never kind of thought that i would ever reach the heights of news round presenter it just wasn't in my it just wasn't in my mind so it's, it, it's, it seemed like a sort of it was too high like oh, it was, mm, way too high. It was I'm not going to get there but you know maybe I'll maybe I'll do some research or work for, for that department or whatever like yeah. maybe I'll maybe I'll do voiceover I might pop on for him at some point <laughs> exactly. talk about some of it. Um, so how did that call come about because I know you, you did a you did a bunch of stuff obviously in betwixt like you did stuff yeah. for five live we're, we're part of the five live alumni yay <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> but um, where did where did the news round conversation begin? So it's really funny because I was working for Five Live and then I kind of, I was thinking, you know what? I really actually want to be on screen. So like everyone, every like most journalists have this conversation with themselves and they're like, do I want to work behind the camera or in front of the camera? And I, while I was good at working behind the camera, I was like, you know what? I really want to work in front. So I had a conversation with myself and was like, Five Live at the time, I was very young, wasn't the place that I was going to be able to do that. So I decided to go to Sky News for a little bit and um, got contacts there and started kind of researching and stuff. But then I told my boss and I was like, I want to be on air in a year. And she was kind of like, okay. And actually everyone at Sky News, um, (laughs) everyone at Sky News is, is very different to BBC in that they walk around and you can tell who wants to be on air and who doesn't. And they literally walk around with a full face of makeup. This was back in the day. I don't know if it's still like that. And if Kay Burley, God bless her soul, if she were to trip over, there would be five girls rushing to that set to get on in a second. And so that's why I was like, nah, I might be able to get on at some point. So that's why I went to Sky. Um, just picturing that. Like, is Kay okay? Leaning slightly just further into right? shot. Like, so to see, just, just in case anyone's like, oh, do you know what? They look up. They actually look all right on Cam. Like, I think they're already made up. Let's get you in. Do you know what? We'll get you in just, for, just in case. Kay, are we fine? Are we all right? Just, just sit down. Sit down. Get some ice on it. Get some ice on it. Um, are, are you uh, are you, you around for the next couple of hours? Kay's getting up. Wait. No, no, no. No, you can't be too careful. <laughs> just kicking a shin. <laughs> Can you feel that? Can you feel that? Oh, dear. Oh, that's not a good no, sign. No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's, that's literally what I, in my head. And I, I, and, I, and I love Kay. Um, but that's but you, kind of but you have planned to trap her in a room several times yeah. at some point in your she life, get, just in she case. She actually gave me a big bunch of flowers when I left Sky, and she was absolutely lovely. Um, but I got a random phone call on my shift one day, and I was like, I just, I answered it, and I went outside, and I was like, who is this? And um, she said that she was a talent scout, like a talent manager person. And then she said, oh, have you ever thought about... Oh, sorry, let me... This email was, like, pinging. It's my work email. Shush. Um, So this talent scout, she called me up out of the blue and I answered the the phone and was like, who's this? And she's like, oh, well, um, I'm looking into people who might possibly want to present. Is that you? And I was like, 
Yep, every single day of my life. Thank you so much for this call. Um, and then she said, um, well, we're looking into presenters for a children's based news program. And I was like, what is that news round? She's like, I can't discuss exactly what it is. <laughs> I was like, well, I think it's news round. <laughs> Which one of the many could it be? So I was like, okay, I'm going to play this game, whatever. Um, and I actually kind of like thought it was a hoax a little bit. I was like, this just, this just sounds too weird. Um, but anyway, I started talking about like my CV, what I wanted to do and, you know, and how, and actually how much I really love kids and get on with kids really well. And she was like, I think you'd be great to come in for a screen test. Hmm. And so I kind of booked that and she was like, it's in Manchester. I was like, oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> Because oh. bear in mind, I've been working at Five Live for two years, so I'd already been in Manchester. <laughs> and I'd come yeah. back down to London uh. briefly, so I was like, okay. <laughs> um, mm. And then I went I won't, to... I won't, I won't unpack these boxes, the final boxes, just yet. Just in just, case. Oh, just leave them there. Exactly. <laughs> so I went up to Manchester, and I did the screen test, and I remember, I remember who was around me, and um, I'm still very much kind of like, talk to them to this day. Um, well, the director was Craig um, mm. and he was kind of like in my ear telling me what to do on, on set and everything I had Rowan who was the producer and she helped me out with uh, something else and uh, I think it was Janet who was the gallery PA um, mm. who is just like the most amazingly calm person and I stood on set and I started reading the autocue and I just acted like I had the job and I was reading out kids <laughs> comments and I just had all these ad libs like, oh, that's nice of, you know, that's nice of her. Well, and I just, I stood there in that moment and was like, this is, this is me. Um, <laughs> but then I didn't hear back for months and I thought, oh gosh, Aisha, you've messed it up. You're an idiot. You've completely messed it up. Um, but I'd said to my dad, if I do get this job, wherever I am, I'm going to dance to Gangnam style in the middle of wherever I am. I don't care because I just didn't think I'd get it. And then, <laughs> I mean, you're tempting fate, then, aren't you? Surely, it's like if I don't get this, then I'm gonna do the worm in the middle of Asda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Watch as the universe goes. Well, this I gotta well, see. You just correct everything. Um, so a couple of months later, I got a call from the boss at the time, uh, Dan Clark, and he called me up, um, and we had a chat, and he was like, we had a chat at like I think it was around three o'clock in London. And then he was like, I need to go and talk to my boss and see, you know, whether we can bring you on and whatever. And he said, you know what? It's a Friday. I'll let you know by Monday. And I was like, oh, okay. He let me know by five o'clock that Friday. Hey. And said, we'd absolutely love to have you on. We think you're brilliant. Um, and so luckily, five o'clock on a Friday, I was at home to do the Gangnam Star dance <laughs> in the kitchen. And uh, my dad kind of looked in and was like, oh, she got it then. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> my my so, dad is a man of few words. So um, what does that sound? <laughs> I think she got the so job. Excited. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, and so yeah, that's it. And the person that called me up is called Rebecca, and um, I have like a, a tweet on my on, on my Twitter page right now on my pin tweet. She still messages me to this day. And the first time that I actually presented the noon bulletin for Channel 4 News, she took a picture of me saying how blooming proud she was of me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, look at oh, that. I know. I know. Oh. Oh, no. See, it's, 
it's it's you know in, in an industry where you you work with a lot of different people a lot of the time and teams change and stuff moves around it it is lovely when you find like your forever colleagues like the people yeah. who are just always there they're always friends they're always supportive yeah. and even if you're not working together they're just like come on you got this yeah I'm so proud of you <laughs> so proud of you cry. Uh, uh, Bit of, bit of a sidebar, but uh, a lot of our listeners like are aware of this, and I just sort of want to find out from the other side of the room how kind of bizarre it is. Um, at HQ5, the studio in, in Salford, the Media City, where Newsround is, is also the exact same room that the CBBC presentation studio is. So Office, HQ, whatever it's going to be next. Um I'm assuming your screen test was in HQ5, right? Yes, it was, yeah. So was that remotely distracting to be stood there looking at the autocue, getting acclimatized and seeing like a dog kennel and giant pictures of Tracy Beaker's face drawn by kids up a wall? And Was that not a little distracting? It was a bit weird, but I just kind of walked in and was like, it's in the same place? And like every, but like, but every person who had screen tested had said that exact same thing. So everyone was like rehearsed. And by the time I went in, I think I was like one of the last of the day. So by the time I went in, everyone was like, yeah, that's where CBBC is. Yes, they live in the same mm. house as us. Yes, it can be a bit like crazy. And But when I actually worked there, it was hilarious because... Um, I think it was Reese was doing a link once and I was doing my rehearsal, but you don't have a lot of time for changeover sometimes. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like reading something really sad about, I don't know, oh, I don't know, a another really sad story. And then Reese comes up and he's dressed in this Tarzan outfit and he just runs into screen. And I was luckily it was rehearsing, but I'm just like kicking him off screen, going, get out, what are you doing? I'm still rehearsing. <laughs> And then had to do the bulletin and then just have an absolute plain face and be like, nothing has happened here. Like, I didn't get just out get of the studio by a Tarzan man. Don't be in my eyeline. <laughs> get out of the studio right now. Well, I'm really, I'm really good at just kind of just uh, like I describe myself as a swan. So everything will be going like underneath, just like, ah, um, but on my face, I just look cool and calm as anything. And that just really, really helps. <laughs> Plus, you can break people's arms with a flick of the neck. Yes, exactly. Like a swan, you know, it's a superpower. Yeah, which is Super. what I possibly would have had to do to Hacker as well, because he's also very distracting. Oh, gosh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. To this day, he still texts me things that I think Phil thinks Hacker would just say to annoy me. <laughs> I'll just receive a text and just sort of be like, why Why are you asking if I like this picture of Derek McGee? I don't... Why would... Yes, he's a lovely looking puppet. Thank you, Phil. Bye. And I'll just put the phone down. I'm like... Oh, why does that not surprise me? He's still trying to be there next to me, just winding me up with weird little things. So I can only imagine... Like, I mean, I, we... Very rarely, but we would occasionally have to deliver a link that was, you know, uh, had a level of, of kind of, you know, more seriousness to it in relation to either a program we were going into or if there was sort of a, a national moment that had occurred that uh, you guys were going to do a bulletin about or whatnot. We'd have to kind of, you know, level the tone um, and, and, you know, sort of put things into a neutral gear and subtly assure the viewer that, right, what's about to happen is going to be explained by Newsround. They've got this. 
but you need to calm down. down. Like, like forget, forget the wackiness for a moment. Just just get ready for this, for this. without saying outright like yeah. something has happened and you need to. Yeah, something has happened and you need to like pay attention, which is very very good and difficult for you to do with like I can't remember like the color scheme now, but it's like bright green. Oh, just, just like, like shining lights, email thing popping out of the front yeah. of the desk, like fart noises <laughs> yeah. when you press a button. It's like this is. If Stop I if I lean on this button for a second, I just need to. <laughs> so you know, we're we're about to go into an episode of my life. Um, yeah. Daisy has grown up in a, a house with you know uh, domestic violence has run rampant throughout her life, and it's, it's important, important to get, get her. Pfft, oh my god, you're kidding, kidding me! Like, like just the, the slightest <laughs> thing could just like completely undercut the seriousness. Um, <laughs> And I, I don't want to ask too much about about this just now because we've got our, our um, patron questions uh, to ask in a little bit, and and one of them does touch on this. But I'll, I'm going to ask the opposite side of it slightly, which is when the lighter stories come in, because there's the archetype, there's the stereotype that like Newsround has the whole. Da, da, da. And before we go, you know, this panda has learned to do a cartwheel. It's always a blooming panda. <laughs> Always a panda <laughs> follows me round everywhere. <laughs> was was that um, like when you guys when you were there and that team was there? Was that part of sort of a formula? Was there always a let's try and end on a at the end just to sort of you know send everyone off on a happy note? Like um, there you go. <laughs> I think we tr- we'd always try and have a, you'd always try and have a mix of stories. Sometimes you can't. Because, you know, there's just too much going on. And when I was there, you'd have like five minute and, oh my God, I can't remember. Five minute and six minute (laughs) bulletins in the morning. And then you'd have a five minute bulletin in the afternoon. Um, But you would always try and have a mix of stuff. But at the same time, remember, these are six to 12 year olds. They want to see a fart story. They want to see a dog. They want to see a panda. (laughs) And you've got to give the people what they want if you can find it. And if it's happened and if it's true, that's um, that's that's a big one. Because sometimes, maybe not. Um, and so, so the winning story would be a panda farting on a dog, then, yes. is what we're getting at here. <laughs> and today at and London today, Zoo. Do you know what? Um, my, my boyfriend showed me the funniest video yesterday, which I never, like, I, you can't believe that I've never seen it. But, you know, the video of... Um, uh, you're in. He's someone's in Richmond Park, and then you've got the dog that runs up. Have you not seen it? I'm going to send you the link after. The Which dog was it? Is Fenton. Fenton. And I have never of legend. seen that video. And but it was in 2011, so that's before I went to Newsround. But that is an absolute Newsround story of a cracker of a story of just you know like Fenton, 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 and then the you know. Jesus H. Christ. Oh, just amazing. Just amazing. Just fantastic. And I, I, I must have got him to play it like 20 times yesterday before I went to sleep. And I just like even got up this morning and chuckled to myself and was like, it's just brilliant. <laughs> um, so stuff like that. Yeah, why, like you have to have it. See, you're cracking up. It's so good. I'm just thinking now like you say like oh we, you know, so things last like like five nels and I'm like okay so we've got to end the bulletin on a Fenton and uh, if we could get a Fenton in at the end. Our newsroom chats were just ridiculous. Like it just you know you you just like, just pile in with like the randomest thing. I'm just trying to think of like some of the other stories that I've that I've done. We did 
Oh, we did so many that were just brilliant. And, you know, because like now I've moved on and I'm out of Newsland, it's just really sad because I don't get to do those funny stories where I I absolutely have to keep a straight face. And like most times I would, but sometimes I'd just be like, I'm sorry, sorry, I can't. This is ridiculous. And the way that my producers would write it would just be like, oh no, you're kidding me, right? I can't, I can't deliver this straight. This is too much. Just throwing a test in, just like yeah. let's let's see if you can get exactly. through this whole bulletin without absolutely guffawing. Oh my days! How speaking of uh, speaking of days, that's a segue. How how would an average day at Newsround go? Cool. So it's very different to how it is now. God, I have I have no idea how it is now. Um, but for me, it would be you'd get in at like six thirty in the morning, and you would have to. Oh my god! Actually, six fifteen. See, I was always late. And um, (laughs) then you would get stories ready for the day. So you would look at everything coming in. So you look at all these stories, you have all of these pictures coming in from all over the world in the system. And then you also kind of look at what, what breakfast is doing and all our other BBC colleagues are doing and figure out like what three or four or five stories are we going to put in this bulletin and how are we going to do it? And then you'd kind of write it all up. And that's before 7.15. I'm just remembering. It's like, no. Yeah, no, it's all right. It's, it's before 7.15, because then I'd have to go <laughs> to makeup. Ah, yes. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And I would actually, in the mornings, we'd have to do our own makeup because we didn't have, because we had greedy CBBC presenters taking all the makeup <laughs> artists and we weren't able to have makeup. Although sometimes makeup artists would come in and see what I'd done and be like, wait, let me just... Just well, well, I've got you here. <laughs> I've just got you. Let me just fix your eyes, because you can't go on like that and they get all panicked. Um, so yeah, then we go on air at seven forty, and then you have like a quick break before then you'd go on air again at eight fifteen and um, have like another updated thing. And then through the rest of the day, any kind of like if we had reaction from say, God, gosh, it was like Brexit, it's Brexit in my day, wasn't it? So any Brexit kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, and we wanted kids to know about it. We wanted to find out their opinion. We then go off to a school and go and speak to them and figure out what they had to say about things. And that was really important to us at Newsround is actually finding out what kids thought about everything. And then that would probably be the end of my day. And like my day would start early and finish early usually. Usually finish around like 2.33. So when it comes to like pitching it directly at the kids and stuff, like we've we've mentioned on this show before about uh they did this thing called stepping out for example for the fiction shows and the factual entertainment shows and presentation they go out to schools and essentially like survey the content to, to kids and get ideas and feedback um wouldn't you try and have anything similar like that for just sort of seeing what the, where how to pitch the news or, or what stories kids wanted to learn more about so we did kind of come in on some of those stepping out sessions so mm. we would actually show kids news round content and yeah. i used to love going to stepping out because um not just not just for an ego boost so kids were like hi i should i was like oh hi. it's you like hey hi. <laughs> um so not just that although that was very lovely um but i always went to find out what kids thought because you are in an office with a whole load of, like we are all adults, some of us most of the time. And so (laughs) we're all making stuff for kids, but like we're not kids. So we need to figure out understanding. And I remember I did a special called uh, Defending the Rhino, where I went out to South Africa and looked Mm. at rhino poaching. 
and we went to a session just to find out kids' knowledge and find out where they're at and find out what they understand. And I remember going in and asking kids about poaching and they thought I meant poached eggs. Ah. And I was like, oh, okay, we have a level of understanding here that uh, that I didn't realise. And that I yeah. didn't, you know, it was, I was just really naive and like, oh, of course you know what poaching means. And it's like, no. And then we had to explain that and that actually led into all of the scripting that we did for that documentary because you need to grab this audience, let them know what's going on without being patronising. And you can do that if you just have a chat with someone and you figure out where they're at. When it comes to doing those away specials or, or shooting abroad or, or you know, um, sort of being being on site for something and, and, and um, broadcasting back, like how do those sort of shoots work out? How, do, how, how far in advance are they planned out? I mean, obviously with news is reactionary, so a lot of the time it might be like, oh, shoot, something's happened in Paris, we have to go, like send someone out now like what 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 sort of the what sort of the the routine around like right you're over there now right you're flying out there now yeah so with news round it's a little bit different because when we're going to do those big shoots you kind of it's a lot more considered so it's not just going to be in like a, a five minute bulletin it will probably be a special which will be a little bit longer so people will all have like their pet things that they really, really love. So mine was like animals and conservation and environment and stuff like that. So I would always tend to gravitate to those stories and then would just bug my boss and be like, have you seen this? Can we go here? Can we do this? Can we do that? <laughs> and he would just be like, no, I shouldn't. No, <laughs> no you can't go to Brazil. Oh, okay. We fine. don't have that in the budget. We and you're like, all the right, budget. well, but you what said, if? <laughs> but you said Ricky was, was always my... <laughs> <laughs> was always my get out um but you said not lots of love to ricky i love ricky Blair so much um so we but he made a great scapegoat <laughs> that's brilliant um but basically we would all come up with these kind of big ideas of what we wanted to do and whether we wanted to kind of go and do it and the editors would decide and they'd figure it out so one of the other things that I did was um I went to cover the US elections in 2016 mm -hmm. that so must have been a really fun and not at all soul crushing time yes mm. <laughs> it mm. was very very interesting mm. and I actually mm. bugged my I bugged my boss Lewis for ages and was like it's all I've ever wanted to do um, mm. I've got a fascination with America. I've got family there. I, I just was like, yeah. Um, so I um, bugged him for ages and was like, I've got all like, these ideas, all these plans. Can I go? And then mm. he finally said yes. And I was like, yay, brilliant. Um, and so that's obviously got a fixed date because that's in November. So we went out for that and we went and did that. And we were there for like, we were there for a couple of weeks traveling around just before the election, actually getting kids' opinions. So went from Detroit to Atlanta to uh Detroit Atlanta Ohio Pittsburgh like we went like all over it was crazy and the thing is with these things is that they look really glamorous but sometimes they're just not and sometimes they're really they're really exhausting and I was actually you know we're traveling around country getting all these flights and stuff and I was in a car with um like five people for two weeks doing like really really long hours and actually it's it, <laughs> I say funny, funny, not funny. Um, I was actually suffering with depression at the time and didn't oh. know it. Yeah, yeah so, so that's, uh, you're, you're already having to juggle like so much within yourself, never mind having to go out there and... Yeah. Yeah. And so 
that was quite tough. But and to be in America at a very kind of heated time, yeah. like that's that's, that's a lot of because again, that's another sort of facet of, of doing anything, be it factual, be it entertainment and whatnot for, for uh, children and family consumption is there is that weird misconception of like, oh, you guys are all, all happy all the time. It's like, we're also real people. We have to deal with real world things whilst carrying that responsibility because it is a responsibility. It is absolutely a responsibility. It's a duty of care to the viewer. Like you you are there for them and you have to do it with them. Like it's 100% for them, with them in mind. Every step taken is on for their benefit and has to be done so that it's not like... You know, you're not throwing too much at them, so it, yeah. it's a it's a tough act to juggle. I mean, massive kudos to you for like covering the American election. Anyway, never mind just covering the American election, taking your own like stuff with you at the time. Like that's that's a lot to deal with. It was a lot, um, but I'm glad I got through it, and I'm glad that I'm glad that I was able to do it. And it's part of the job that I look back at now, and just I'm just so happy that I was able to do it and survive everything really. What are the, uh, from the Pantheon of News Round, which we worked upon, what would you say are sort of like the, if, if you had to narrow it down to like three, what are like the three? Oh, that, that, and that. So glad those are the ones we did. Those are my faves. Faves might be the wrong word because they might be, it might be like, well, I'm glad we, uh, we explained the situation that was pretty dark in our time. In the but like in terms of, you know, like which ones were you like, we, we, that, we nailed that. Like, I'm so proud of what we did there. That The, the kind of the, the plinths. What are the plinth so ones? I'll go, I'll go from I'll go from three. I think I'll go from three. I'm just thinking. Oh my god! I'm just thinking. I've got like one in my head that I absolutely have to say because that was mm-hmm. that was by far the best thing that we've ever done. Um, and three was probably the U.S. election. Was just mm-hmm. explaining what was going on in a really factual way and hearing from like loads of different people and loads of different kids mm-hmm. and just getting a sense of what that was all about. So I'm going to say that was three. Um, two was probably, um, like all of the, like we had so many different elections while I was there. <laughs> I remember being like, oh no, not again. <laughs> like that, like that box pop of that woman. Another one? No, you're kidding. Um, so <laughs> do, and covering that for Newsround, even though it can be quite dry and it can be quite boring and there's loads of politicians using words that you don't understand that I still don't understand. Um, being able to do that is really good for them because then it gets them hopefully or get them interested in stuff and they can understand what's going on in their world and then you'll want to take part in it. So actually that's like the second and probably, you know, one of the most important things that we, we do as news round presenters. Um, and then the top one is um, the Manchester terror attack. Um, that is by far the most important thing I think in Newsman's history that we've ever done. And it was such a tough story to, we had terror attacks that we've explained before, but never terror attacks directed at kids. Mm. I mean, of course, this was the, this was the, the attack on the Ariana Grande concert at the Manchester arena. So this was completely within the wheelhouse of like understanding for the audience, but it was, I guess the challenge is trying to explain what happened how as so far as we know why it happened and and what goes on next like what happens next and so we had um all of our you know all of our team was affected by it all of our team Mm. found it one of the toughest stories um at the time to cover 
and even in the follow, you know, in the follow-ups of having to go and speak to kids about really traumatic things, I think um, was the biggest challenge. But it's what I am so proud of them, so proud of them. I look back at our coverage and think we did so well with that. Um, and it's because that we had that expertise beforehand, but also because we care so much about kids. We all care massively and we want them to have the information that they need um, in a way that they understand and no more so than that event. Um, that is the, I guess, the toughest thing from the outside, it appears, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, when it comes to journalism is... is it's a roller coaster of what you're going to deal with. You don't know what the up and down is going to be of that day. You go into work, and like most jobs, there's a predictability to it. You know that when you get in, you're going to do this. You're going to move this stock around, or you're going to check these emails and respond and to these callers. And yeah, and you're going to leave on time. Whereas, like working in journalism, and, and especially within broadcast journalism, like you honestly have no clue when you wake up what your day is going to be like. Um, does that? I mean, obviously, like from Newsround, like you know, working off Channel Four News, does that ever become the normal? Like, is there a way you handle that each day, or do you just kind of have to let the day hit you as it comes? Um, I would no, in no way, describe my life as normal. <laughs> I think it's completely bizarre. I'm constantly on my phone, just checking everything. I get really kind of like anxious and stuff. The way that I have decided to deal with it is. When I'm at work, I'm like there, I'm there a hundred percent. I will check everything kind of in the morning and know what's going on. Cause that is my job and that's what I'm there to do. When I have like days off and I try and stick to my days off as much as I can because I try and protect mm. them because there'll be stuff that happens where you can't have a day off. So when I do have days off, it's Twitter off, it's Instagram off, it's Facebook off, it's uh, BBC news alerts. If my boyfriend has a Sky News alert that comes on his phone when I am on my day off, you would not want to be Tom. Because it's <laughs> like, ah, da, 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 da. Nope. 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 No. I don't want no. to know. I don't want to hear it. I don't but a, meteor, a meteor is literally about to crash into our... Ah, da, no, no, no. No, no, no. I can see it through the window. No, 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 no. I've got drag race on. Be quiet. I absolutely always have drag race on. That's the other thing that kind of that kind of makes me feel better about life. It just is... It's awesome. Um, but, I, but that's how I deal with it, is to be full on on the days that I am on, because I am there and I want to be able to have some authority in what I'm talking about because I know what's going on in the world but on my days off and I try and take like chunks of a time and weeks off it will take me a while to wind down actually because I'll still like sneakily maybe go on Twitter and be like ow um but Ooh, uh, and that's, that's enough of this app for today but yeah that that's how I do it it's just trying to protect those days off and protect my time and protect my sanity because there will always be something going on but you can't know about it 24 7 because it just gets too much so when you when it comes to like winding down what's what's your like go-to sort of yeah aside from a bit of rupaul like what's your go-to i disconnect i just disconnect from everything that like i have to process for my job and for my passions for for work at least what what do you go to to like go i'm, I'm done from rupaul but that's okay. <laughs> I um I also go. I also. I shall not sashay. 
away. Do not sashay away or try and get me to sashay away. I'm not having it. Um, I run. I run a lot. Well, um, I was actually training to do the marathon, the 2020 marathon. So it's going to be my ah, first one. Yeah. London 2020. Yay. Excited. <laughs> and then it got cancelled, which... Um, really really upset me to be honest um i understand <laughs> not saying that i don't understand I'm not a denier just putting that out there but, but I, at the same time i was prepping for this um I was, yeah i was getting ready for this so the amount of chicken and just chicken i have been eating in preparation for this little little tubs Little exactly. tubs, three little times a day. Portioned out and they're, they're weighed and everything and labelled. I'm on the Dwayne Johnson diet. Oh I am. I oh I was he ready. Eats so much. He eats so much. <laughs> he's like my favorite. Oh, he's my favorite celebrity. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> um, running is something that I try and do a lot, and like walking as well. So in lockdown, I on the weekends and stuff go and see my mum and my brother and my well, my dad usually like is just working all the time because he's a workaholic and he likes to work. But with my mum and my brother, we'll just go on like all these like nature walks and stuff. And I love them. I love going for a walk. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Because when I'm in the house, I find it really difficult to unplug. I'll still, I'll just watch something, have to do something, have to clean something, whatever. But if I'm out, like I can't do that. And that's brilliant. So that's what I do. And what about your, your sort of passions out there in the world? You're an ambassador for MenCap, for example. Do you want to sort of explain a little bit about the role of an ambassador for MenCap and, and the work that you do with them? So an ambassador means that I have a crown and a scepter and I get oh, fantastic. around everywhere <laughs> that I go because I am an ambassador. Um, no, I... <laughs> Um, my brother. I mean, has, I mean, I mean, the amount of work you do for them and, and everything. Should, like, right? They could at least make you a, a scepter. At least a scepter. Come exactly. on. Okay. At least. Right. Sorry, go on. <laughs> um, so my brother has autism, and um, he is my older brother. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. His name's Rob. I love him to pieces. And Mencap is a charity that helped him and me growing up. So my mum kind of had. We're, we're we're only eighteen months apart. So she had kind of both of us at home. She ended up staying at home. She um, like worked really, really hard, um, kind of keeping us both together. But Rob's behavior when he was younger was really quite tough and really quite challenging. Mm. Um, My mum tells this story, which I always remember, of us going to Ealing Broadway. And there used to be like this little fountain and a pond where you would kind of um, like wishing Mm. well type stuff. It was like in the middle of the mall. And she had me in the buggy and Rob was on like this, you know, toddler stringy thing that you hold on to them for dear life um robert pinged off it and like went to run in the fountain and go and have a little swim because he loves water and my mum was petrified and kind of didn't know how deep it was so she went in to dive in and then realized it was only like two feet deep but still um it was it was just one of those things that you you know that that's like robert's autism that's like you know but like um, I remember. I remember. She told me subsequently, like how you know, how shame she felt and the stigma of autism and people not really understanding it. So, as an ambassador, my job is to like demystify um, a lot of what learning disabilities are and just explain and go to different events and speak to people about my experience and my experience I have with my brother. Um, yeah. One of the things was to do was to run the marathon, but I haven't done that yet. But I'm planning to do it. Um, and so that's all that's all massively part of my job and um, what I do. 
how do you find the balance between sort of you know following things like that that you really care about and want to get out there about whilst also being essentially on and off on call for for broadcast journalism and, and training for the marathon and watching Dwayne Johnson's IG stories like how do you how do you find that day-to-day balance between those things do, do, do each kind of allow for the other and understand like yeah no you 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 want you need you want to give your time here you want to give your time there like is there a lot of leeway or uh, no there's no leeway no. um <laughs> it's really difficult so this today was actually meant to be my day off um, and so I appreciate you massively for the fact you've given even this bit of the morning to talk. No, no, no. So this is why I like I scheduled all this time. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a lovely chat with Chris. It's gonna be gorgeous. It's gonna be lovely. And then after, I'm just gonna do some walking and running and look at Dwayne Johnson's IG. Like, perfect. This was my day sorted. However, um, filming then took over, and so I'm actually filming um, at a nursery after I speak to you, and then going to film a professor about COVID because that's all we ever talk about. Um, and so things like always kind of change, and unfortunately you have to you have to adapt. You have to learn how to adapt and, and kind of fit stuff in. Um, I try not to let work take over too much. However, I have been known to, but I am aware of it, and I'm massively trying my best to fit other stuff in as well. Because I know it's important. And I know that when I have a bit more of a balance, I'm a lot happier. And things kind of go a little bit more more smoothly anyway. Well, if you ever need to just sort of like uh, aggressively force some time off, like even just five minutes of, of reprieve, you know that there's a studio up in Manchester with a puppet cupboard that you can hide in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just in case you're ever too stressed, give Dodge a cuddle. Um, and, and avoid the outside world for just five minutes. I, sp- I swear it'll be worth it for the two plus hours on a Virgin Express. Uh, anyway, um, uh, I I have lovely patrons who essentially are the producers of this show. They support its existence online, keep it afloat, keep it in that beautiful cloud, and and also are very passionate about uh, the world of of children's entertainment, factual entertainment, news, everything aimed around kids TV and how it happens, how it works, which is why they have inquiring minds. Uh, so we've got some questions from our patrons. First one is from Molly, who's also known as the Musical Muppet. Um, I think more in the fuzzy kind of way, not in the Mancunian insult sort of way. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you know, it's not, it's not that self-deprecating. Um, Molly asks, uh, do you ever worry about or struggle when presenting particularly bad news like conflicts, deaths, injustices sort of, you know, within the wider world to such a young audience? The news is crazy even for adults right now. I can't imagine having to explain the current state of politics and injustices to children. So, uh, do, like, is is that a, is it a bit of a struggle yourself or do you, do you kind of approach it just coldly like here's how we have to dish this out Mm. yeah molly it's really really tough i think approaching things with some sort of empathy though really helps and wanting to get people to understand and i remember one of the toughest stories i've covered is grenfell and Mm. i was there the day after and it was really it was so tough um and being at the base of the tower and speaking to kids and kids had come from different areas to like drop off toys at the bottom of the um, of the tower because they wanted to give mm-hmm. to those who didn't have. And so I spoke to those kids. But I also remember like being in a children's centre and seeing some kids watch uh, the regular BBC news channel that was going out. And I actually felt quite angry because I was like, these kids are sitting here watching this and they're not getting any context and they're not getting any explanation that they will understand. And mm. if they were watching something like Newsround, 
they would get it better and they would maybe possibly be able to process it better. So whenever I'm tackling really, really hard stories, I always think, you know what, we're the best people for them to get their news from because at least hopefully they'll understand it and hopefully they'll be able to ask questions after. And then also we have the Upset by the News page, which is absolutely brilliant. And I remember after a lot of, uh, you know, it was just ridiculous the time I was there. It was like, terrorist attack, uh, election, um, any other kind of AN other. And now you've got COVID. I just would be clicking on upset, upset by the news constantly because I'm, I'm constantly upset by the news. Um, but it's got loads of really helpful advice. And one of the bits of advice that always sticks with me is just talking about it. So hopefully by kids watching something like Newsround or any other children's news programs that might be out there, um, they are able to watch what watch that and then talk about it afterwards with an adult they trust and i think that's really important chris wood would like to know uh, who's your favorite past news round presenter he's a john craven guy because he's old that's chris's <laughs> words not mine uh. so is ex- every taxi driver in london <laughs> oh you used to work for news round oh do you know john craven no no i don't but i, I have met him and he was really really lovely so yeah he, po- he popped in didn't he one day i just yeah. remember him just Popping in, we're sat there rehearsing something with a, a pie and a talking book or whatever. It's like, is that John Craven? It's John Craven. It's it's John Blooming Craven. Brilliant. Um, my, well, I kind of spoke about it earlier, but my um, favourite Newsround presenter is actually Ellie Crisell. And that's because she was my one. And the yeah. one that I kind of watched and looked up to and was like, oh, she's so pretty and she's so amazing. Uh, I wish I could be her one day. And it's funny because when I first started Newsround in 2013, she was the person that trained me. So we Mm. had like a couple of days of training and she came in and trained me and kind of um, like, you know, we, it was really funny. We had training of like, you know, how to do auto cue and stuff, but also like what to do when things go wrong because things Mm. go wrong a lot. So like, you know, a really talkative guest or, you know, the CBBC lot coming in and being themselves (laughs) or anything anything so we had like you know I, I i just remember that like we had the lights go off all this crazy stuff it was it was yeah. really really good fun um but yeah ellie i'm massively team ellie connie gilmore wants to know do you think uh as as of course you know one of the news round alumni and somebody who cares really deeply for that format and that program uh do you think that the change of news round from 85 hours of live tv a year to 35 uh the recent shift to sort of uh, one bulletin and more digital content um uh, do you think that it is a wise move to accommodate the changing audience? Uh, and uh, furthermore, there's two questions, Connor. I'll have to reprimand you for this. <laughs> it's all right, Connor, do you think? <laughs> do you think the kids would really make the effort to seek the news out themselves rather than be given it on TV? Oh, that second one is very interesting. Um, you'll have to remind me of the second one because I'll try. I'll answer the first and then forget. No, sorry. But um, <laughs> with the move to kind of moving everything in the morning, I think it's inevitable. Mm. It was inevitable that mm. was going to happen because more kids are watching in the mornings. And um, I think the afternoon bulletins when I was there, it was really tough because I love TV and I love doing it. Um, but some of the uh, programs and some of the things were starting to be repeated. So you'd have stuff in the morning and then you have like quite a lot of repeats in the afternoon, mm. which was a shame. Um, 
And so, but I think the demise had already kind of started before that. And then you add that in. And I just think no one would want to watch that. And I just thought, and I thought that was awful. Um, But I can also see that kids are watching more in the morning. That's like their viewing habits and that's what they're doing. You know, my habits growing up were coming back, sticking on the TV, watching news around, watching neighbours. Now kids' habits are like, you know, going on YouTube, Netflix, whatever, whatever. I was going to say, I was going to say watching Selling Sunset because that's my show. Not watching <laughs> Selling Sunset. Do not watch that show. If you are, you know, under the age of 18, do not do that. Um, but kids, kids. Well, when you get to 18, absolutely, absolutely check it out. Absolutely <laughs> check it out and then come message me about all of the stuff because I really want to talk about it because it's the only show that I'm really loving at the moment. Um, so... Um, I think that, yeah, kids have, kids habits have changed and you have to kind of reflect that. What I do want for Newsround is for them to still have quality stuff in the bulletins mm. and not allow, um, that to falter because I think that that is key and that is vital. Um, and then also I would say is that Newsround needs to go and seek out, and this kind of answers part of the question, um, part of question two is that seek out kids where they are. So seek out the platforms where they are, seeking out YouTube a bit better, Instagram, Snapchat, um, and giving news where kids, we already know where kids are. We already know that that's what they're consuming. So actually making content more for that would just be Mm. preferable. Um, And I know that's probably part of their strategy and stuff. And I haven't kind of like talked to the bosses um, before because I no longer work there. So I don't have to do that no more. (laughs) Um, but I know that that's what they're working towards. But, you know, I just want them to make sure that they're not just doing clickbaity stuff and just really good quality. Um, yeah, that's what I kind of want. Get on YouTube. That's my advice, news round. Get yeah. on YouTube. Drown out the rest of the nonsense on there. Uh, there's so much nonsense on there. We could just have some really good stuff, some really good quality content that makes sense. That's all, that's all I ask, really. That's, that's, all, that's, all, want. that's, that's all, all we want. That's all we want. This is on PS3, aka Aiden says, did it feel odd uh, transitioning from Newsround to Channel 4 News? Absolutely. I feel like (laughs) such a fraud. (laughs) I walked in the Channel 4 Newsroom and was just like, what am I doing here? Did they make this massive mistake? Are they sure? Did they they get my name wrong or something? And um, it's weird because the transition is... It's, it's weird for a couple of reasons. So Channel 4 is kind of like very, I wouldn't call it ser- like serious news. Like it's, it's, it's grown up news, right? It's really, really in-depth. It's really analytical. You need to know your stuff. You need to know what you're talking about. And it was a big jump from going from like kids TV to a platform like this. It was just a, a big, massive jump. Um, for one thing, I swear a lot more moving to... <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, just, I, I, is that is that is that is that on air or <laughs> <laughs> but i swear it's so it's so weird because at kids tv i've been so used to being really really good especially when you meet kids like obviously you can't swear in front of kids i would never do that ever ever um but now um like now i've gone into grown-up news it's all f this and oh for the love of la 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 um and so that's one thing the other thing which is slightly sadder is um uh, there's a lot more people realize what you're doing a lot more. So CBBC it's kids watching. They all love you. They think you're lovely. Like they watch mm. you and they kind of admire you. 
However, now I'm doing stuff for Channel 4. They're just like, oh, here she is banging on about this latest thing. Oh, her hair looks crap. Oh, you know, oh, she shouldn't have worn that outfit. Or, oh, she has no idea what she's talking about with COVID. Uh, So, um, you know, and there's all these kind of trolls and stuff like that. um, Which is something that I didn't really deal with at Newsround because everyone loved me. (laughs) So now now it's like, lots of people don't like me. Um, and I'm trying to work out how to deal with that. Um, but their opinions don't matter. And I'll don't. say that because I know you're not allowed to say that. So I'll say that their opinions don't matter. Bog off. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, that's that's something that's something because I've, I've sort of I've since leaving CBBC and, 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 and the last show I made with them was in 2018. Like I've 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 still worked within the realms of family entertainment and, and family theatre. So I, that never struck me until you just mentioned it. Like, of course, if you move to a different format that's exclusively sort of not for kids, like, you know, kids can watch it. They'll have no idea what's happening half the time because, like you say, it's way more analytical and yeah, will, yeah. Won't, won't kind of package things in a way that's like, come on in, this is this is new to you. Um, like, moving into the realm of adult stuff, I suppose you would suddenly, like, hit the wall of... I think the scientific term is assholes. Um <laughs> The wall of assholes. So that's, uh, yeah. That's oh, that thing. sucks. That's another swear word for me to use. Brilliant. Yeah, I love that. It's like you tuned into the news and you decided to criticise me on my outfit. Go away. Just, <laughs> I'm giving you facts. I'm Go away. You facts. I'm challenging politicians. I'm explaining like something that is just completely crazy. I'm trying to get my head round, and I'm trying to do it in a way that you'll get something out of it. But no, it's all right, sis. You go off on my hair. You, you, you know, or you go off on like, you know, the color of my nails or whatever. Okay, that's important to you. But the way you around be muted it, and blocked, and and also told about yourself because I <laughs> no, no, I ain't got time for this. Ain't, no, ain't no one got time for that. All right, no one's got time for it. The way around yeah. it is to just show up in a Halloween outfit for every bulletin <laughs> or every piece because then they can't complain about it. They'll be like, "Well, you're." Um, Optimus Prime costume was ridiculous. You, why are you dressed like a, a minion? And you're like, because oh, I am. Because I am. I went to Downing Street in a min in a minion outfit, and it went down really well. That's why I actually got That's a question why. with the prime minister by wearing a minion suit. That's why I did it. And you can't uh, say the, nothing to me. The giant yellow one in the back with the, the one eye and the goggles. It's like, oh, there you go. I love got when noticed. they do that because they're always trying to like not use distinguishing features. So they're always like, uh, the lady in the pink coat. No, no, the other one. No, with with the you know with the fascinator or whatever. It's just always hilarious. It's so funny. The, the person you don't in the want in to the say, row. Like, the black woman over there. Because you can't say that. Which, which is why you need funny. to show up dressed as Rex from Toy Story. And right, um, cool. you know. I'll get the outfit. <laughs> and uh speaking of uh speaking of uh, of uh things standing out and, and taking over uh minion outfits aside chewy says uh how often on news round did you have a plan for the show plan for the bulletin and then something super last second just boom takes over and everything's got to be rewritten oh i'm trying to think of the last it, it happens rarely actually mm. because uh, with with um, like adult news, I always call it adult news, which always sounds really seedy. But with adult news, it will happen a little bit more because I think you have the capacity to do that a little bit more. Adult adults understand a little bit more that things change. 
Um, for kids, it, I'm trying to think of like the last time it happened when you'd have breaking news. It would probably be like when you have a, a, a sudden terror attack somewhere. Um, mm. Or we had like the, oh, I remember now, the, um, the Pulse nightclub in Florida. It was a really horrible terrorist attack against gay people. Um, yeah. And it was awful. And it happened overnight in Florida. So we had other stuff planned and other reports, but they just were mm. too jolly. It wasn't going to quite... It wasn't yeah. quite work. So yeah. when we came in in the morning, then we kind of had to change everything, rewrite that report and just kind of do it. Um, but we're quite like, yeah, you, you just do it. You just have to. You don't have, like, you've got an hour and you just have to do it. And there, when I was at Newsround, it was three of you in the morning. So it would be myself, um, an assistant producer who would kind of like do all of the pictures and some of the writing and stuff. And then a producer who was like in charge of the show, um, like writing everything. So um, between the three of you, you just put your head down and you just you just write and you just do it and you get it done. Even though at the be- beginning you're panicking, going, "Oh my god, I'm going to makeup. Oh, I'm not going without makeup. You might have to. I'm not going on TV without makeup. You can absolutely do one." And like all those kind of chats that you would have. It's fine. Put the minion outfit on. It'll be yeah, exactly. okay. It's fine. It'll work. But you, other characters you just, are available. Yeah. <laughs> you just get you get it done. You got to get it done. You have to. That's your job, and that's what you're there for. If stuff changes. Did you it. guys ever? Did you guys ever get like when it came to sort of things like say Doctor Who or Strictly or shows like that? Were there ever any ones where it was somewhere else in the BBC would go? Could you just do a little bit about about this? And, and you'd look at it at that day and the things you you guys like wanted to talk about and go. I mean, this is really not the priority today, but I guess we better put an aside in about this show. Oh, like, it's, was, it's was quite, there ever any of those ones? It's quite good that Newsman has like quite a lot of autonomy with that, which is good yeah. because sometimes like people come to you and just say and. Sometimes with like kids are so cute, they'll come and be like, you know, oh, I've got this story about my dog and this, that, and the other, and you're like, that's great, but there's some stuff in Syria going on right now that I really got to tell you, and so, um, you know, Fido has to wait. Exactly. I'm sorry. Also, wait. He has to just wait and stop, stop, Fenton, stop. Um, although if it was Fenton, I'd put it in, so maybe not. Um, there's like there's certain things that sometimes you just have to prioritize, and I think kids do kids do get that. Sometimes adults don't get that as much. There would be many times mm. where there's many times on Newsrun and and not just Newsrun but Channel Four where like a big massive event has happened, and it just means that you're running order. So that's like all the stories that you're going to have it just has to change it has to change there's no way about it and i'll try and be really i will always try and be really nice to all my guests and say look this has happened we can't run this today it might run like further down the line and i'll let you know most people will be fine some will be absolute not very nice people about it and get really upset about it but that is the minority um of people that do that and to be honest with uh strictly we'd always there'd always be time for a bit of strictly <laughs> well speaking of time thank you for giving your time today on a, a day in 2020 which means of course any second now you're probably going to get called away to like russian emergency bulletin about a volcano being discovered in Wollacoom at this point like well <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if that was going to happen this year 
thank you so much for for your time today. Thank you so much for the work you do in general. Thank you for Aww. the work you did for News Round, being part of that legacy, and just just thank, thank you, you for, for being you. bloody brilliant. Thank oh, you no, for I, you and the I amazing just, stuff and the amazing chats we had in the makeup rooms and just you know I probably like went in and cried <laughs> in the makeup room and you were there just with your like beaming smile and I'd be like, God, why can't I be more like him? And just yeah, thank you. <laughs> the big guy with the quiff going good day, walking around making stupid without noises. without fail. I would laugh or smile whenever I saw you, and that is not something that I say to everyone. Ah, fantastic! So, yeah. Well, the laughing thank gas you. worked. Um, <laughs> I'll send you a new supply. I should thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Out of the Broom Cupboard was presented, edited and produced by Christopher Johnson. That's me. And my special guest was Aisha Tull. You can catch Aisha on Channel 4 News regularly. The theme music was Look Busy, Not Break Time by Kevin McLeod. Details can be found in the description. Please check out his website and show support for royalty-free music creators. If you wish to support the show, get a lot of perks and enjoy these episodes early, go to patreon.com slash OOTBC and make a pledge. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Hello, I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. And we're the hosts of The Big Damn Cast, a weekly pop culture podcast full of nerdy news and geeky gossip, available every Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But that's not all. <laughs> that's right, Chris. Why are you laughing? We're expanding to create regular video content, and we need your support. To get access to Big Damn exclusives, including our Discord server and video commentaries, head over to patreon.com forward slash bigdamncast and support us for as little as $1 a month. We're grateful for any support you can give us. So grateful we may even reveal the location of the antidote. Chris, just, just stop.